In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to read you a poem. It's written by contemporary English poet Steve Turner. It's called Christmas is Really for the Children. Christmas is really for the children, especially for children who like animals, stables, stars, and and babies wrapped in swaddling clothes. Then there are wise men, kings in fine robes, humble shepherds, and a hint of rich perfume. Easter is not really for the children, unless accompanied by a cream-filled egg. It has whips, blood, nails, a spear, and allegations of body-snatching. It involves politics, God, and the sins of the world. It's not good for people of a nervous disposition. They'd do better to think on rabbits, chickens, and the first snowdrop of spring. Or they'd do better to wait for a rerun of Christmas without asking too many questions about what Jesus did when he grew up or whether there's any connection. So what exactly is the connection between Christmas and Easter? Everything. Listen to what the Pope has to say about this in his new book, He writes this, Karl Barth pointed out that there are two moments in the story of Jesus when God intervenes directly in the material world, the virgin birth and the resurrection from the tomb in which Jesus did not remain nor see corruption. These two moments are a scandal to the modern spirit. God is allowed to act in ideas and thoughts in the spiritual domain, but not in the material, that is shocking. He does not belong there. But that is precisely the point. God is God. And he does not operate merely on the level of ideas. In that sense, what is at stake in both of these moments is God's very Godhead. The question they raise is, does matter also belong to him? Naturally, we may not ascribe to God anything nonsensical or irrational or anything that contradicts his creation. But here, we are not dealing with the irrational or contradictory, but precisely with the positive, with God's creative power, embracing the whole of being. In that sense, these two moments, the virgin birth and the real resurrection from the tomb are the cornerstones of faith. If God does not also have power over matter, then he is simply not God. But he does have this power. And through the conception and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has ushered in a new creation. So as the creator, he is also our redeemer. Hence, the conception and birth of Jesus from the Virgin Mary is a fundamental element of our faith 
and a radiant sign of hope. You know, it is because of this sure hope that we can say, even at the side of a grave, as I did 10 days ago when I buried my father, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. For the baby at Bethlehem died on a cross and was raised to life, defeating the power of death. That's what this is all about. So this night, draw near and receive these signs of hope at Christmas. For our God is not an absent God, but the God who was born and lived among us and who died and rose again. I think we all need signs of hope. I wonder where are the signs of hope in your life this Christmas? You know, in some of the hardest times in my life, I was counseled to look for signs of hope. It was wise counsel. What was interesting to me was that very often I saw signs of hope in surprising places and in unexpected ways. And so it is on this night, the baby in the manger at Christmas, and looking ahead to the empty tomb of Jesus at Easter, these are two signs of hope that we can cling to in good times or bad. The baby born in Bethlehem was not really gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Rather, as we sang earlier tonight, unto us a Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord. The Lord of the universe was born to die, to be our Savior. And that salvation is offered not based on our goodness, not based on our merits. No, it is based on God's love. As we heard in that reading from Titus, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit, He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is surely a night of hope and joy. And you know, that remains true regardless of your circumstances this Christmas. I realize, of course, that for you, this, hard may be hard, this night may be hard. Some here are dealing with loss, regret, disappointment, failure. And yet, even in the midst of your tears, I pray that you may know also tears of joy as we give thanks to God for our Savior. Author and preacher John Piper writes this, we have accustomed ourselves to such meager 
short-lived pleasures that our capacity for joy has shriveled. I think he's got a point, you know, especially around this time of year, a time that so often for so many is a time of frustration and unhappiness or of shallow promises. Indeed, much of what we are exhorted to at Christmas amounts to so little. Be of good cheer, whatever that means. Be peaceable, be friendly, be nice, have a cookie. <laughs> Maybe you've heard the, uh, the old joke about the four stages of life. You know, you believe in Santa, you don't believe in Santa, you become Santa, you look like Santa. <laughs> it's funny, but, but sadly, it does kind of speak to so much that is so superficial for what passes for Christmas in our culture. Unless there is real hope, unless that which we celebrate, the story which has been retold, unless it's real, unless it's true, then we are merely masking the pain or escaping in the music, in the drama, in the candlelight, in the sentimentalism and gift-giving all the time, knowing in the back of our minds that tomorrow all will be just as bleak and dark as ever. So where is the hope? Well, the hope lies in the manger and in the empty tomb. And with that hope, we find, as the angels proclaim to the shepherds, tidings of great joy. For Christians, Christmas is always about so much more than fireside gatherings, Christmas presents, and too much food. Christmas is about God breaking in to this dark world of sin through labor pains to meet the absence of love and to bring salvation, to give us, you and me, all of us here and the world, to give us hope and joy. And so we celebrate Christmas with a joy that must seem odd to some. We sing out this night. We ring bells. We cherish relationships that are not entirely perfect. We look other people in the eye. It's not that hatred and cruelty have disappeared. It's that love arrives in the midst of our brokenness and gives Christmas its truly special wonder. Emmanuel. God with us. God with us, ready to answer the cries of aching hearts across this nation and across the globe. In a world marked by violence, unspeakable sorrow, unspeakable loss, demonstrated so graphically in the dreadful Newtown shootings just ten days ago. And yet, in the midst of this darkness, the light of Christ still shines. The incarnation of God in Jesus is as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. And we who follow Jesus, who have received his love and grace in our lives, are called to live lives in ways 
that embody Jesus for others. Jesus is God with skin on, and we are called to be harbingers of God's love and grace to others. Not least, I might add, to the misfits and the loners, to the outsiders, and those with whom we might not not normally spend our time. After all, is not part of the topsy-turvy power of the first Christmas that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that Jesus, the firstborn of all creation, Jesus, the one before whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus, who is coming back to judge the living and the dead, that this Jesus was born. And we can stop right there. God born. Yes, and not in a palace, but a stable, surrounded not by pediatricians or nurses, but by the stable animals and his young mother and her husband Joseph, and visited by shepherds from the fields. Let us thank and praise Almighty God for the birth of a holy baby, sent by a holy God for an unholy world. Would you listen again to the words of our opening introit tonight? Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly-minded, for with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descendeth our full homage to demand. Rank on rank, the host of heaven spreads its vanguard on the way as the light of light descendeth from the realms of endless day that the powers of hell may vanish as the darkness clears away. At his feet, the six-winged seraph, cherubim with sleepless eye, veil their faces to the presence as with ceaseless voice they cry, Alleluia, 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 Lord Most High. This Christmas night, I invite you to come and kneel before the Savior, before Jesus. Indeed, if you're able, would you kneel? You uh, might find it helpful just to close your eyes for a moment. And as you do so, I invite you to imagine yourself kneeling at that manger with the baby Jesus lying there before you. Would you put down whatever it is that's keeping you from him? Lay aside your pride, your doubt, your sin, your selfishness, your fears, and come as you are, joyful or downhearted, feeling together 
or coming apart. Kneel before Jesus. And I want you to imagine him now, not in that crib, but on a throne. You are kneeling before the King of Kings. He is risen and alive and ascended into heaven. And in your imagination, I want you to look up into his eyes. What do you see? Maybe you see disappointment or judgment. Well, look again. Because I'm certain that in his eyes this night, there is only love and compassion for you. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows you better than you know yourself. And it's, it's all right. You can trust him. You are safe in his presence. He loves you. Will you receive the greatest gift ever given this Christmas? Will you say yes to Jesus? How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. Where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Cry.